What's up, hockey fans? And welcome to episode number 99 of Marty's Illegal Stick. Uh, it's our favorite time of the year now. And by the way, our show is brought to you by the Sports History Network. I almost forgot to mention that. Uh, but I am your host, Scott Kinville. And going alongside me here for this fun trip through the NHL playoffs is going to be our co-host, Mr. Chris Mazzotti, who I had to laugh because he threw me a curveball. He was wearing a Ranger shirt before the intro video went on. I come back, and he's got a Pittsburgh Penguin shirt draped all over him. Please, Chris, do tell. What is this all about? I thought they should be representative representative because they're not in the playoffs. And in that way, don't we all win? Like, (laughs) every team's a winner because Pittsburgh, they're done. They're gone. They ain't winning. They ain't winning nothing but the golf times. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> but they are going to be represented in the draft lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? You know, Boy. I'm actually kind of scared it's going to happen. Oh, man. Let you and on grab a hold of that one if it happens because they, they got something there. Yeah, right. <laughs> from Lemieux to Crosby to Connor Bedard. Oh, uh, I know when last we left, we didn't know if they would make it in or not. And what a colossal beating they took from the Blackhawks <laughs> to oh, see their way out of the playoffs. We and were just... about that, too. Oh, There's man. no way that happens, but uh, I imagine if it did. Oh, it did. Sorry. It did. It did badly. It did, like... And, and, you know, that was my point with them getting in anyway. They played so brutal down the stretch, right. you know, beating up on teams that were not going to make anything, and except for the Blackhawks, obviously. And uh, it was like, what's the point if Pittsburgh gets in? Like, were they going to do anything? Were they going to beat anybody? Not likely. Like, but you never know. You know, I never count Sidney Crosby out. But this year I can because he didn't make it in. Neither did Ovechkin. And and that's that's great. That's like a win-win for me. So, you know, no matter what happens – I'm happy that Sidney Crosby does not get his name on the Stanley Cup again this year, at least. <laughs> There's always a silver lining in everything. And they fired Hextall and, and the president there yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> what for? Well, what did they fire those guys for? Those guys went to Crosby last year and said, what do you want us to do with Malkin and Latang? And Crosby said, resign them. And so they did. So somebody should be getting fired. Fire Crosby. Like, you know, ship him out of town. That ain't ever going to happen. So, you know. Well, you know what, though? I mean, in in all reality, what they should have done, obviously, in retrospect. I mean, yeah, okay, you got to, you know, of course, Crosby's going to have his opinion, right? And I'm sure it's going to carry some weight. But to re-sign them to the length of those deals that they did. You know, and that was the thing. I can understand maybe bringing them back for a one or two year deal to try to, you know, one more kick at the can. Right. Maybe, right. Mainly to make Crosby happy. I get that. But, man, what was it? That was like a four year extension for Latang and the same thing for Malkin, something like that. Yeah. The, the Latang one doesn't hurt as bad as the Malkin one. The Malkin one's pretty badly. It's like, it's, it's like, horrible. What, you've been talking about training this guy for six years. Yeah. And when you finally have the chance to. Get rid of him. You re-up him for another four. It's yeah, like and now he's completely untradeable. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna take? You know, nobody's gonna take him on. No, not I mean, at all. some unless they're gonna, you know, just give him away to some rebuilding team like Chicago or something. But 
Right. I don't know if he's got a no move or what. I'm sure he does. I'm they all I have assume it now. so. Yeah. They all have it now, so he might as well just assume that it's there. Um, but you know what? Yeah, you're right. The Penguins are out of the playoffs. The Capitals are out of the playoffs. But the playoffs have started. They have started. They did. I know, you know, we're already two days into it, uh, this being day number three. And, of course, we, we could have probably should have had a show a little bit earlier. But, you know, schedules being what they are, everybody gets busy. So what we did, just so everybody doesn't think that we're BSing them, we went ahead and made our brackets official on NHL.com. Uh, Mazzotti, as a matter of fact, you created the league. Uh, Marty's yep. Illegal Stick League, I believe. So, yes, Marty's Illegal Stick Pod, it's called. Yeah, there it is. So our picks are in there, just so everybody knows, so that we're, we're not making this up as front runners three days in. So we're going to start over in the Eastern Conference, Chris. And uh, you know what? Let's talk about the series that everybody in, uh, well, the tri-state region is talking about. And that would be the New York Rangers versus the New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, and this is like one of those marquee matchups. It's one of those everybody was looking forward to it. Um, I put down the Rangers in seven. Um, tight series. Uh, but your thoughts on that? In my official bracket for our league, I put the Rangers in six. Okay. Um, thinking that game six will be at MSG. You know, the Rangers can hopefully close it out there if they have the lead in the series. Um, started out well last night if, as far as that prediction goes. But uh, it's not going to be an easy climb. I think a lot of people, you know, Stephen Valencat, uh, who does a, a Rangers podcast, you know, he, he doesn't know what to make of this. Like, because. You know, he's a statistics guy. He does all kinds of advanced a- analytics. And uh, he's like, these teams are so evenly matched. It's it's pretty crazy. Like, uh, several categories. It's like, the Devils are one, the Rangers are two. Like, you know, right, like, right. and so uh, it's tough to say, like, oh, they're going to, somebody's going to sweep or somebody's going to you know, plow through. But at the same time, would it surprise me? Not at all. It would not surprise me at all. If we got three more games like the game last night, wouldn't it surprise me? If, right. you know, the next three games went the other way and it was five to one Devils the whole way, then, you know, that wouldn't surprise me either. Like, yeah. um, it, it's really, there are two teams. What, it, what I thought this series would come down to is their goaltending and um, the defense. And I think that's what you saw last night. I think the goaltending and the defense um, really didn't show up for the Devils, um, and that that was the difference. That yeah. you know, Vanacek's got to be better. There's no oh, doubt. No, no, and uh, right. you know, the Rangers didn't even they didn't even. I thought they weren't even playing that great. To tell you the truth. When the kid line is the noticeable line and you got all that money spent on the first two lines, <laughs> like people will be like, oh, the kid line, and they said it a bunch of times, you know, I'm, and I was watching the Rangers broadcast, which is funny that they let me, like, you would think <laughs> in, in, in the time of blackouts, you know, right. for some reason the first round of playoffs come out, I could have watched the Devils broadcast, I could have watched the Rangers broadcast, or I could have watched the TBS national broadcast. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough series. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm not getting my hopes up with, with one win, but it was a good start. 
you know, the Rangers did what they needed to do. Now it's on the pressures on the devils to adjust. You know, I think that's what all playoff series are about. It's meeting your opponent head on, you know, one team's going to lose and then you adjust, you adjust for the next game, you know, then a lot of times it happens. That team adjusts, they do well. Then the other team needs to adjust to what they did. Like, and it's just tit for tat through seven games and one game, one team comes out on top and hopefully that's the Rangers, in my opinion. Uh, I think it will be, hopefully, because of one thing and one thing only, and that's Igor Shosturkin. Uh Something happens to Igor, it's going to be a short series, I think. Not that Halak's been bad, but, like, right. the Devils had some. I mean, Thomas Tatar had wide open from the slot, wide open. And, you know, Shesterkin had to come flying out, made a great save on him. But you can't be letting guys wide open into the slot. It's no, not going to no. It's not gonna last very long. And, you know, as much as I like Yaroslav Halak, it's not going to go well if that's what ends up happening. Right. Rangers so, have to yeah. limit that. And I did want to mention, too, that as of this recording today on Wednesday, uh, that series is at one to nothing Rangers. Uh, you know, I will tell you this, that, you know, we talked about this before last week, and I said for New Jersey to win, they were going to have to play loose because they can, right? They're not supposed to be here, really. They weren't supposed to be second place in the in the Metro. Let's put it that way. So right. what I saw was a very young team that was very nervous in that first game last night. Um, it, it was obvious, you know, which is understandable. That team really has no playoff experience whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, eight, Nico I think they said five playoff games, something like that. I think they said eight guys had never played in a playoff right. game. Like, so. and a lot of their top players had never played in a playoff game. So that honestly was not surprising to me. And every um, single Ranger has played in playoff games. That's what I mean. So it's a, you, it's a big Chris, difference. This is exactly why I went with the Rangers in seven, because I think that their playoff experience is going to carry them. That's what I think. I think you're going to, you're definitely going to see some pushback from the Devils. Right. Oh yeah. Talented to to only score one goal. Right. Um, Again, a very nervous team last night. I think you're probably going to see a different team Thursday night. Um, But I'll tell you, if they go down to nothing at home, they're in a world of trouble. So now there is some pressure on the Devils to win that game too. So uh, I know you said you had to go out on a call. You missed part of the game. Yeah. You you didn't see the penalty shot call then, did you? No, I didn't. No. So let me ask you this, if this is a penalty shot, because I, I did not think it should have been. Based on the fact that what happens is Hughes clearly has a breakaway. Mm-hmm. So that, that's not it for, up for debate. Truba hooks him, but then Hughes is handling the puck and basically just overhandles the puck. The puck goes to the wall, and the ref blows the whistle for the penalty shot. Right. I did not think it should be a penalty shot because – he had a chance to take a shot and didn't get it. He, he lost control of the puck. The reason he lost control of the puck wasn't based on the hook. It was based on him overhandling the puck. I will so, tell you this, that nothing is going to surprise me from this league from going forward. And I think that this league is honestly so desperate to showcase their superstars that I think in this playoff, you're going to see a lot of calls that were maybe, maybe shouldn't have, you know, if it, especially if it was against a superstar caliber player, because they want these guys showcased so bad. Trust me, 
Watching that Edmonton LA game the other night on ESPN, it was the Edmonton <laughs> fan club in that, and we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, so I again I couldn't tell you either way because I, I didn't see it. But my, like, my full time job prevented me from it, doing that. If but, a guy loses control of the puck on his own going in on a breakaway, I feel like you call it you I I still absolutely should have been a penalty. Right. Like definitely he definitely got hooked. But I would think you would call the regular two minute minor over the penalty shot based on the fact that he just mishandled the puck on his shot. If he had gotten the shot off and it wasn't good, go ahead, give him the penalty shot. Right. When he loses the puck on his own, there was no shot attempt. Right. Like, I don't know how you give him a penalty shot, but that, that was one thing. But it, it was it's going to be tough. There's just yeah. no doubt. Uh, Rangers fans, uh, you know, thinking they're going to sweep already and talking smack online. Please that. stop. <laughs> like, please stop. You anger the hockey gods doing that. I fully believe in that. Do not say anything until there's four wins on the board. Then you can say whatever you want. But no, there's another round to go, and another round after that, and another round after yeah, that. Yeah. So, like, One game don't count your chickens. Playoffs, right? It's a long yeah. road. Exactly. Well, hey, I got some news for you. Joining us a little late is our uh, our companion here, our, our other co-host. He is the Beer League All-Star, Ed Stefaniak, joining the show. Ed, how are you? Overnights is really taking a damper on my social life. Um, I can see uh, this. Uh, I, this. But you know brutal. what? We appreciate your effort, buddy. We you know what? I, I woke up, and I'm just like, what time is that? And then I remember seeing 2.30, and I'm like, I got another hour. And then I scrolled down a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that was my fault. <laughs> and then I'm just like, one fifteen. It's one thirty. Uh-oh. That's all right. That's all right. We appreciate it. So we just got done talking about the Devils Rangers series, and I do want to move on to the uh, the Carolina-New York Islanders series. Yeah, let's talk about which... more relevant teams. <laughs> so this is a series that I, I, I've noticed a lot of people are picking an upset. I did. In our official bracket, I picked the Islanders in six. Um, as we all know what happened the other night, Carolina did win this game, or game one. Uh, but I, I'm still, I still think that the Islanders can take this series. What do you guys think? Um, Zadi, you could start with this. Well, I also picked the Islanders. Um, in many of the brackets that I put together, I picked the Islanders. Oh, yeah. By However, the way, tell everybody how you put together a bracket for every single team yes. to be able to win. I put a bracket together. Every team needs a break, like, to win. Like, for, for, for example, in my Rangers bracket, that the Rangers win the cup, Boston gets beat in the next round. So every team needs a break to get to the cup. They need to not face like a, a super heavy duty opponent like along the way. Right. Uh, they're also going to have to beat a heavy duty opponent along the way. That's no doubt about that. But but so I did a bracket where every team could win. Basically, a bracket for every team winning the cup. Um, but my official bracket that we put into Marty's illegal stick pod, uh, I have the Rangers um, going all the way. Because um, if you don't believe, then it's not going to happen, right? Uh, but I did pick the Islanders, speaking of Islanders Carolina, uh, in my official bracket. Um, I actually picked them in five, so they better start making me look good. <laughs> um, because they did not look good in that game one. Um, no, I, no, I, I, I watched a lot of it. It was, and it was a boring game to watch. 
it was a snooze fest. Compared to all the other playoff hockey, it's literally the worst game I've seen so far. You've got uh, two teams that aren't exactly known for their exciting style of play as it is. So, yeah, and it's like Have it's, a pot it's of coffee made. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more exciting than watching paint dry, um, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's I I don't put it on Carolina. I put it on the Islanders because they're not playing. They didn't play their game in that first game. Um, I didn't, and when they did, like one line did, you know, the, you see Clutterbuck throwing his body around and stuff that messes up Carolina. The Islanders have to make this a much, much more physical game, uh, than they brought in game one. I don't know. You know, we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, rust in the playoffs and stuff like that. The Islanders actually finished their regular season earlier than everyone else. Um, they hadn't right. played since last Wednesday, well, so it, it did show. Definitely showed in the run. first period, um, and I hoped that they would pick it up a little bit. But they they really didn't get into that next gear that they had to get into. Um, Sorokin played great. That's the good news. Um, the bad news is the Islanders didn't score as, enough goals, so they they got to pick it up. I still have faith that. The Islanders can do it, but they have they have to do it. Um, Carolina, <laughs> Carolina went with Auntie Ranta. Uh, so everybody last year saying the Rangers beat a backup goaltender in Carolina. Now, granted, I know Ranta didn't play the whole series, but uh, it turns out they played the starter now because uh, Freddie Anderson has been relegated to the bench. Is he? Yeah. Is he maybe hurt? I, I don't. It's very possible with Freddie Anderson. <laughs> Freddie Anderson is always hurt. I know that's what I mean. So they, I mean, he was he was playing down the stretch. I know that he just weird. wasn't playing good. You know, yeah. so at what point, you know, you you got to say Auntie Ronce is the better guy. I believe he's been the better guy all year. You know, but um, yeah, I think I think that's a big thing for Carolina is is admitting that Freddie Anderson. Is not going to be the guy. Now, Antiranta wins and they keep going. What happens when Antiranta loses? I don't know. Do they they give up on him after one game? Do they keep going with him? Do they bring in the third guy? What's his name? Uh, Oh, Petar Kachorov? Yeah, Kachekov, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It depends where they are at the series. If it's let, let's say it's a a three one series for Carolina and Anthony Ranta gives up and it's three two, I say you can stay with Ranta because worst case scenario it's a game seven, you know. But if it's you know a, a three two series or a three one series or I'm, my mind's all over the place right now. Um, if it's like a, a two-one series, you might have to give Freddie Anderson the chance. And if it's three-three and it's going on a couple losses for Antti Ranta, um, yeah, I would say you have to give Freddie Anderson the net. Who you got winning the series, Ed? Me personally, I have the Islanders. Wow, it's a clean sweep. The clean sweep have, upset. It's it really is Sorokin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about that. It's Sorokin, and it's the fact that the Islanders win, like like Mazzotti said, when when they play their game, they make it very uncomfortable for other teams. They they play physically. They have Cal Clutterbuck going around throwing the body. It, it's they they need to do that. This this Carolina team is not built for physicality. 
I think when you have two teams that play very similar styles like the Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes do, you have to go with a better goaltender. And it comes down to that right there. And Ilya Sorokin is far and away the better goaltender of what anything Carolina is going to offer. Uh, Carolina does have a little bit more of an advantage in offensive firepower, but they don't have Andrei Svechnikov anymore. And that's going to hurt because not only, does he, yeah, not only does he, he score lost. a lot of goals, he's a big physical presence for them as well. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Let's move on. Let's go north of the border. Uh, last night, the Tampa Bay Lightning shellacked the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I was quite surprised, actually, at how out of hand that game got. Um, in our brackets, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning in six. I, I think that the Tampa Bay Lightning just have too much playoff pedigree to uh, to vote against them in this series. And, again, they have the better goaltending. It's, you know, Andre Vasilevsky against Sam Sonoff. Uh, you know, and I and I understand that Toronto has all the firepower in the world, and I give them credit for getting a little bit grittier, right? So you've got a Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, I heard Wayne Simmons is going to be coming back. He's going to be coming back from the Marlies, from what I heard. Um, so that being said, uh, Tampa Bay could be in some trouble because Victor Hedman got hurt early in that game last night, and yeah. so did Eric Turnak. So they're going to be down two defensemen potentially. Um, guys, what do you make of this series? I'm I'm actually really excited for this one. I personally have Tampa in seven. Um, throw the book at Bunting. That was a clear and intentional attack at Chernak. I There's no other way around it. It's he he knew who where he was. He knew where his head was. You saw him like take a quick look back and just right. throw a shoulder right in his jaw. Um, I don't think he's going to be out long. I mean, his playoffs. And we've seen what uh, we we saw Joe Thornton play with a torn ACL and MCL. Right, right. You know? So if you think a, a a little ding to the head, which he was taken out what for protocol, right? Protocol, was, and I and I wonder if there's maybe potentially like a broken jaw in there. But yeah, even so, yeah, they'll I put the face cage on. And, yeah, they'll put the cage on him. That's what hockey players do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Goaltending, goaltending is again the X factor in this series. Um, no, it's Vasilevsky is far better than any goaltender that Tampa has or Toronto has in that whole history of the team. Like any any goaltender in Toronto's history, you put him up against Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky wins hands down. I don't know about history, but. Oh yeah, you got some, you got some Hall of Fame goaltenders. You really think Cujo is better than Vasilevsky? What about like Johnny Bauer, Turk Broda? I don't think Johnny. Ba- I don't even know the other guy. All Johnny right, Bauer. See? I'll give you Johnny Bauer. I'll give you Johnny Bauer, but that's because that's because history. But it's you know you're comparing Matt Martin and Ilya Samsonov to to Andre Vasilevsky because they're in the same series. They don't. Neither of them can shake a stick at Vasilevsky. Not Playoffs, but no, no way. Not, honestly, I don't think really Matt Murray's ever. not even playing. I know Matt Murray's out. Yeah, he's yeah, he's out. So Walt, Walt came in and played the last half of the game last night. Right, last night. Um, so that's one thing. But Vasilevsky wasn't good down the stretch. You know, I had him on my hockey fantasy team. And he was lining up seven goals a game a couple weeks in a row, five goals, six goals. Like, 
and, and it's not that I think Vasilevsky's, you know, lost that or he's washed up or anything like that. I think he's played a ton yes. of hockey in yes. the last four years. And there's no way that this guy isn't getting tired. There's just, you can see it. You can right. see it on his face. He is tired. Is he still phenomenal? Absolutely. But even the best guy gets tired. Like, yeah. it, it, there's no way about it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if I, I didn't, I picked Toronto in seven, actually. Um, just because I thought maybe this is finally the year to get over the hump. But of course, they're going to prove me wrong, uh, <laughs> as they always do, uh, and make me look like a fool. Um, cause that's what the Leafs do, but you know, it's, uh, it's something else that, um, they, they lost so badly. <laughs> like, right. Right. It, 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 the, we just mentioned the Tampa lost their number one and their number four defenseman in this game. And they yeah. put up a seven spot. Like, that's not good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, I think Victor Hedman only had, what, six or seven minutes on the ice, right? Before and, he got and, hurt. Yeah, he was out early. Yeah. And uh, they took a lot of penalties, Tampa did, or Toronto did. Um, Tampa did, too. Uh, but the Tampa ones were like, like I saw a Tampa t- uh, uh, penalty on Sergachev where he, like, tapped a guy's shin. Yeah. They gave him. They gave him slashing penalty. It was already like five to two or something at that point. Right. And, and Toronto scored on the power play. Good on them. You know, try to get back into it. But it was like this is obviously uh, this game is already out of hand. Actually, I think it was like six to two already. And it was they. They were like, we got to make this third period interesting. Right. You know, and, Sergeyev taps a guy on the shin. They're like slashing. Sergeyev was like, "Are you what? kidding me? Like, was it a slash? Yes, it was a slash. Did the guy go down? No. Like, did it affect play at all? No. Like, it, <laughs> nothing. It was just a slash. It was a, a tap on the on the shin. And you know, you guys play hockey. You know, that doesn't hurt you. That doesn't affect you. No. If you're if if it wasn't hard enough to make you go down. Then right. it's you know it wasn't really a slash, right? Like, so um, <coughs> I don't like seeing that stuff. I, you know, me and the refs uh, don't get along, but I don't like seeing like the makeup call or, or or the this game's out of hand. So let's start giving the other team a bunch of calls. Try to bring this game. Like, don't do that. That's worse to me than anything the refs do, because then it's like so obvious that you're just, like, making this game what you want to make it, you know, or what you right. think the league wants to make it. Like, just let it play. Let it, that's, that's my time when I'm like, let the kids play. When it's 6-2 to two and this game's out of control, like, and it's not like there's scrums and fighting and, like, right. all kinds of stuff going on. Just let them play. Get this, put it on one time and let's get this thing over with, you know, like, not, well, well, let's like get the Leafs back into this game because they're getting blown out at home in game one. Like, let's give them a whole bunch of power plays, see if they can get back into it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. There really is. And I think the important thing to remember here is like with Tampa Bay, they are not going to be intimidated by going someplace like Toronto, right? <laughs> that's not going to bother them at all. Not it's, at all. It's, it's, I, it's almost like they prefer it. 
I think so. At this point, I, it's weird. It, they it really have more wins in Toronto than they knew at home. Why not? You know. Um, <laughs> so I would definitely say, you know, Toronto obviously has to have a much better showing uh, in Game Two. And and most first and foremost, Sam Sonoff's got to play better. They got to have they got to have more out of him. And Toronto just, I, I think you're starting to see this whole. Once you sh- shut those top lines down. There's just not enough there. There really isn't. And uh, you know, I think that's something you could say about a lot of playoff hockey, Scott. I think is... you can, but Toronto can't roll four lines, right? Right. And that's that's where it comes down to. These teams that can roll four lines are the ones that are most successful. Speaking of all that, why don't we move on to the next one? We're the last matchup in the Eastern Conference, and Adam Sled you joined us for this. The Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers. Uh, the Bruins are up one to nothing in this series. Um, I actually have this game, this series going seven games. I just have this weird gut feeling about it. And obviously I think Boston's going to take it, but I just, for some reason, there's some weird little feeling that I have that this is going to go seven. Am I dots guys? A little, a little. <laughs> oh, just uh, a little, oh, just nice. a little. No, I see. What I you said mean, five. Though. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Masadi. I, but, but this team has this Florida Panthers team has some fight fight in it, and I I'll give them all the credit in the world fighting for that last playoff spot, um, and they made it in. Matthew Kachuk is the heart and soul of that team right now, and he's gonna he's gonna do everything he can to outrat the Bruins, and it's a very tall hill to climb. I mean, you got what. Orlov and Bertuzzi and Hathaway and Marshand, you're going to have to outrat, which is an impossible task. But he's <laughs> going to do it. He's going to try to find a way. And if anyone can, it's Matthew Kachuk. And he's going to try to get them off their game. Um, unfortunately, I don't. Goaltending is a huge thing. Again, we bring up goaltending. I don't see Florida's goaltenders really anywhere near where Boston is right now, you know, really Lyon is really the only comparable and he had a I'll great game you, game one. I was shocked to see him starting game one. I'm not shocked because he, he's the reason like, they're there. Yeah. But you know what though? It's not like Sergei Pabrowski has played bad all season, right? No, he's he has very good. He's been all right. Just... And to me, I, I, I don't think you see Alex Lyon start game two and I'm not blaming him for the loss in game one. But I'm sorry, when you have a two-time Vezina Trophy winner sitting on your bench and a guy who, by the way, was the reason the Columbus Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2019, it's not like this guy hasn't been there before. And it's not like this guy hasn't played the Goliath team before and won, right? I personally, uh, and and again, I know it's second-guessing and what's done is done, but I still can't believe that they didn't go with Sergey Bobrovsky in game one. I'm, I'm shocked. I, it's Bobrovsky's so up and down, so hot and hot and cold that I, I can believe it. Um, he had such a phenomenal year last year, both uh, every goaltender in Florida that, and knowing Bobrovsky's track record, you know that he's this is a year of disappointment for him because um, it just seems to be every other year is greatness and every other year is just disappointment. Um, and this is just, and he played great all year. Like he had a good season. Like it's yeah. not. You know, it's just not comparable to what last year was. Um, it, I just don't foresee Bobrovsky really taking over the reins anymore. 
ten million dollar goalie, just just throw that money out. Yeah, that's ten million dollar goaltender. Just throw that money out the window. It's accept your loss, write it off on your taxes, and you know, (laughs) call it a charitable donation and get him out of there. (laughs) Mazzotti. Well, I think one thing that Florida showed is that they can dance with Boston. That they 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 were holding their own there for a while. That game was really tight. Was close for a while. Um, Orlov, as much as I think that was a good pickup, um, he makes some stupid plays sometimes. He's not the smartest guy with the puck. He's he's not a bad defenseman. Sometimes he makes poor decisions, um, and he did that a little bit in game one. Um, luckily, it didn't cost him too bad. Um, but. Florida was definitely the fight that I wanted the Islanders to have. Florida had. Florida came in firing like we're, we we got to get this done. Um, I was happy that they started with Lyon. I don't think that they should go back to Bravovsky right away. Um, I think they give the kid another another game. If he can't get it done in game two, go back home to Florida. Let let Bravovsky play at home. You know and see see if. You know, you could turn things around there. You know, the old saying is you haven't, you're not behind in a series till you lose a home game. Uh, so Florida hasn't lost a home game yet, but they really, they got to do their best to try to steal game two. Um, I did pick Boston in five, uh, but I got to say, after watching game one, I'm not confident in my prediction. Uh, I think that Florida is actually, I think I underrated them. Um, that they, that they can, they can, they can definitely beat Boston. Will they? It's it's a tall task, but they showed me that they have the fight. That they have the fight to try to to actually get it done. Um, I don't know that they will, or that they have the men, but we'll see. You know, uh, I did not. I did think that, that they did a pretty good job of shutting down Boston's big guys, but at the same time, you know. Boston missed a couple open nets. So that's another thing too, you know, so we'll see what happens, but I did pick Boston. Uh, to go plus the next Bergeron game. didn't play. Boston. Yeah. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be, that's a game changer right there. And Boston still won without him. So uh, real quick, before we go over to the Western conference, uh, rapid fire here, Mazadi, we know you got the Rangers coming out of the East in your official bracket. Uh, Ed, Who's your Eastern Conference winner? Boston. All right, and that's who I got too. And I'm, I'm not. We're not going to elaborate on this because we need something to talk about for the next show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so before we get carried away on that, let's go over to the Western Conference. And I'm going to start at the top this time and work my way down. And the first matchup in that bracket challenge is the Colorado Avalanche, the defending champs, against the Seattle Kraken. The biggest upset of the playoffs so far. Last night, the Seattle Kraken upending the Colorado Avalanche. I have them in five. I really was shocked to see this one. I, I thought Colorado was going to play much better. Uh, what do you guys think? You picked Colorado in five? Colorado in five. Yeah, I picked Colorado in five as well. Um, and, and like I said I, a couple weeks ago, I said, don't sleep on Seattle because if there's a Cinderella team out of this West, I thought it was them. Uh and they were showing it last night, man. Uh, and, you know, I didn't even think about this, but the person with the biggest chip on their shoulder in this ma- in this series, 
<laughs> take a guess. Grubauer. You got it, Grubauer. Because they you know, they mentioned like two years ago this kid yeah. was run out of town for yep. getting swept by Vegas and now he's back. He's back to make you guys pay. Like for letting him go to this expansion team. Like he and, and you know what? He looked good. Uh Colorado really didn't I mean the defense by Seattle, the whole team defense was really working. They weren't letting Colorado get into much at all in this game. No, uh, they, they didn't. It, and it was really something to see. Like I kept waiting for Colorado to like pin them in and get a bunch of shots on it. I never saw it happen. Just didn't happen. Uh, yeah. And you know what the surprising part is, too, for, for me anyways? Colorado, for the first time all season, is outside of Landeskog, finally healthy. And they've been playing so well for the past two, three weeks. I go, uh-oh, uh-oh, they're healthy and they're getting hot at the right time. And then they go and they lay an egg. So, Ed, what do you think? Uh, it's only game one. You know, uh, it's, uh, again, they're, they're coming off of a Stanley Cup win. It. It's a they're they're definitely a tired team and missing Landeskog. That's that's the captain, you know. It's it is tough to play without your captain out there. Um, with that being said, big win by Seattle. Uh, really, got to give them all the credit where where it's due. Uh, they they just went out there and played a hell of a game. Um, but realistically, I I had Colorado in four. Uh, that's oh, that's there my, goes that one. Yep, there goes that one. I'm done. Um, I'm done. I, I, did, I realistically, like, I didn't see Seattle coming out with that that tenacity that they had. It's it, it's it was refreshing to see. I'm glad that they're coming out there uh, and actually playing really well, a lot better than what I expected, especially after last year. Um, but uh, this isn't going to last. This isn't going to last. Something in my gut tells me Colorado sat back knowing that it's a seven-game series and said, let's see what they can bring, and they let Seattle control that game, and then they're like, okay, yeah, we we can match it and do better. Yeah. Which is – when you're playing a team like them, when you're playing a team like Seattle, you know, who's who's a wild-card team, sometimes it's better off just to let them do that. Yeah. I mean, to me, the Seattle Kraken are like the West Coast version of the New Jersey Devils, right? They're in a spot where they really shouldn't have been. Nobody was expecting this. I mean, they were in contention for second place in the Pacific Division right up until like the last two weeks of the season. So they're playing with house money, really. They're, they can play loose. Whatever happens, happens. I mean, if they were to get swept, who could blame them? They're, they're playing against the defending champs. In the opening round, as an expansion team, in what their second or third year? Second, second, second year. year, second year, right? So, for them to win Game One is huge. It's absolutely huge. So, hey, good on them. Uh, I think you're going to see the real Colorado Avalanche show up. But uh, hey, congratulations to the Kraken. And, and you know what, Grubauer could be, could really be the determining factor if he, if he's playing with that chip on his shoulder, he he could maybe steal the series. We've seen him steal them before. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Ed, it's not exactly the same team as last year in Colorado. You know, you're missing guys like Kadri, who played such a pivotal role. Right. And they really needed that grit in game one. They didn't have it. 
they they really needed it. You know who's got lots of it? Seattle. Seattle's got grit on every single line. Right. So, you know, Colorado definitely, I don't know if they sat back on purpose, but they definitely got slapped in the face and like, hey, it's playoffs. You guys better wake up. Because I tell you, Seattle wins the next game. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a tough uh, sell up to go out onto the road, win two games up in Climate Pledge. Yeah. That building's gonna be rocking. Like yeah. yes. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's tough. I, I it's I really I was surprised by Seattle, and I've watched a bunch of Seattle games this year, and they're a completely different team when they have the lead. When they yeah. have the lead, they can lock it down. They can play defense. They can win a game 3-1. They've done it all year, and they showed last night that they could do it in the playoffs. So Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a great series. It, it really is. I'm, uh, just happy. I'm just happy that Seattle isn't the bunch of jerks that Vegas turned out to be. I tell you, I, 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 I can't hate Seattle. I can't stand it's Vegas. A, I have a, I have a hard know, they time did it right. They did it right. They got their expansion picks, but they didn't go crazy. And free agency, and buy out every player that was available, and tell everybody how great they were. Nah, I mean, I good for Ronnie Francis. You know, seriously, doing it right. He's building a solid team up there. So, like I said, can't hate him. Can't hate him at all. Pittsburgh must be kicking their ass for letting him go. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Have fun with your no GM. (laughs) Uh, Let's move right along for the uh, the Dallas Minnesota series. This one looks oh. like it could get a little spicy. Uh, really, I kind of look at this one as like the Battle of Minnesota, if you think about it, right? Because the Dallas Stars were at one time the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, now you true. got the Minnesota Wild. I keep expecting the Wild to just like troll the Stars and come out with those retro reverse jerseys that they have with the old Minnesota love North Stars. That'd be awesome. I would love it. I, I don't think that so. they can play in any retro jerseys in the playoffs. I don't playoffs. think they can either, but it would just because be great if they did it anyway. The, the – the playoff jerseys have to have that playoff seal on yes, them. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. remember a couple of years ago, Carolina wore their alternates, which is now their homes. In yeah, that's true. You're right. All it is is just putting a stitch, you know, putting a patch on. Right. Yeah, that's, that's that is very true. Yeah. That's a good point. Now, with but, that being said, I don't think they're going to see it. We're going to see a reverse retro ever again. Um, but it would be kind of nice to see those in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe do it for the finals, you know? Just yeah. wear reverse retros the whole finals. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd that be so cool. Be. I do that I do that in video games all the time. Yeah, but there you go. I <laughs> always wear the reverse retro in the in the video game. <laughs> I don't think I've worn a regular jersey in video games ever. It's always been alternates <laughs> and reverse retros. Um, but at but any I'm, rate, this series is at one to nothing Minnesota after they won in double overtime. In Dallas the other night, uh, on one leg, on one leg. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a, a, a nasty series. Uh, Joe Pavelski took a pretty bad hit from Ryan Suter, uh, no, knocked him out of the game. Matt, Matt Dumba. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt Dumba. You're right. You're right. It was Matt Dumba. Who did Ryan Suter hit somebody? Um, oh, Ryan God. Suter's on Dallas now. Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's so confusing. That's so it confusing, is right. It is. Uh, yeah, because he hit Kaprizov, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what, that's what, okay. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I've got Dallas in six in my official bracket. I just think there's too much there, too much talent for Dallas. Um, but what do you guys think? 
I'm thinking Dallas in five. Um, Dallas owned that overtime. You know, it, it takes one shot to win in overtime. You know, Minnesota found the back of the nap, and good for them. But outside of that, Dallas owned that overtime. They have the skill. They have they have some. They have the you know not as nearly as much grit as they don't have nearly as much grit as Minnesota, but they got some grit. Um, but I really I don't see Minnesota coming out and winning it. It's going to be close every game, but it, it's going to be just consistent. And now Dallas is going to come gunning for everyone's heads after Pavelski. It, it's going to get out of hand. This series is going to get out of hand, and I'm here to watch it. And I'm going to be excited for every bit of it. <laughs> Mazzotti? I also picked Dallas in six. Um, and I watched this game one, and I don't think that Minnesota beat Dallas as much as Dallas beat Dallas. Like, that's that's what happened in game one. Dallas got too much in their own head, uh, too much looking for the sweet pass finish. There's a couple times where guys could have shot and they, they went to pass. Like, get shots on this goalie. Uh, they weren't playing. Minnesota didn't play flurry. Uh, so, like, you know, I just feel like Dallas let Minnesota hang around in this game. And hang around and hang around. And, and Ed's right. Overtime was dominated by Dallas. The whole the whole overtime was in uh, the Dallas offensive zone. But you give, you know, Minnesota a chance or two here or there. Like I said, Ryan Hartman was playing on one leg. I don't know what's wrong with his knee, but something's wrong with his knee. And uh, it was obvious. I, and he gets the game-winning goal. It's like amazing like that that guy could do that and and that's a great rallying for minnesota which is dangerous for dallas you not need a team to rally around a hurt player or any type of thing like that that's extra fuel for that team that you don't need to give them like and when he scores that overtime game winning goal i'm just like that's that's real bad news for dallas because it's not just the loss it's everything that goes with it with that player scoring that goal at that time, fueling everybody else on Minnesota who's not hurt to say to themselves, well, Jesus Christ, this guy could do it on one leg. I better get my act together. You know, <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, the physicality is obviously going to be real in this series. I don't think these teams like each other very much. They're division rivals. <laughs> and, uh, and they're showing it. They're showing it. Honestly, this game had more jam than Rangers Devils. Like yeah, it, did. it really it did. Because uh, Rangers, the Devils are trying to just be fast, and, and Minnesota is definitely, you know, putting their physicality on Dallas. Oh, yeah. and, and, and Dallas has enough physicality on them themselves to bring it back, but they just they got to score, like two goals for the amount of shots and offensive zone time they had. Like they got to score more. Uh, I I hope they can get it done. Losing Pavelski is a big loss. Sure is. Um, you know you're gonna need Sagan to really step it up. He's got to turn into Sagan from ten years ago, right? Because he's he's really the guy in Dallas that's letting the team down at this point. Well, like his ben contract. Too. What's that? Jamie Ben too. He's gonna have to pick it up. Jamie Ben's been good all year though. He's been like, good. What I'm saying is he's got to turn into Jamie Ben from like five years ago. Well, he's Those one of the players that was passing too much in that right. game. You know, I saw several times where Ben could have taken the shot 
and he's trying to set up a point man or a wingman. It's like, put it on net, man. Put pucks on net. We saw this in all the game ones. You put pucks on net, stuff happens, and it could work out in your favor. Like, I thought that was the biggest uh, fault to New Jersey. They did not put enough pucks on that. Like, they were shooting. They were getting opportunities. But they started, you know, especially on the power play, they started looking too much for that pass. And, and Dallas Dallas needs to watch out for that. They got to just keep putting them on, putting them on, put the pressure on. Uh, Minnesota, you know, good on them. They got a lot of heart. They got guys with heart like Zuccarello who are never going to quit. Um, but Zuccarello's small, and Zuccarello's not strong on the puck. You know, you got you got to impose your will. And, and and honestly, that's the reason why Zuccarello's not on the Rangers anymore, is because the Rangers got sick of seeing him in the playoffs getting crushed into the boards. Like he's, I know they don't, we don't like to say guys are too small for the league. Zuccarello's outstanding talent, but he is too small for the league. Like he he gets hit. In the playoffs, this this is why he doesn't have a ring, because he just he can't handle the physicality in the playoffs, yeah. and there's no amount of strength training and whatever that's going to get around the fact that you're five four or five six on skates, like you yeah. know. So it's like uh, I I think Dallas and six is still a good prediction. Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be a street fight. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's, especially after that Dumba hit. Oh yeah. Yeah, get yeah, yeah, they were, they be were running Dumbo after that. They yeah. were definitely running Dumbo. Oh yeah, that's yeah, gonna well, be Max, a good one. Max Domi went right at him. He like, yeah, he yeah. did. He did. Which how how they didn't give him any extent, you know, substantial at least a game. Yeah, for that, just to cool it down, just to just to be like, hey, we, you know, we're doing this to keep you safe next game. No, they're just throwing him to the fu- to the yeah. to the wolves. They're just like, here, you want to do that? All right, go on yeah, out there. Go for Which, it. Good for good for him because he has Felino and Reeves to back him up. Right. But, you know, they're not always going to be out there when he's out there. Sure, sure, absolutely. Another guy there Ed, that's got to step it up for Dallas is Domi. You know, Domi was supposed to be this superstar kid. A few years ago, he's cooled off immensely. He needs to pick it back up. Especially, he's a free agent, right? At the end of the yeah, season. At the end of the season, yeah. So he needs us. He needs us for a good contract. He's you know, been, he's been writing, and I like Max Domi. I really do. I like the way he plays. I, I honestly like he. He's been such a, such a just a like a, what's it called? A, um, journeyman. Journeyman's not even the word I want to use. He's like he's like a luggage carrier because he's always on the move. Yeah, he's always in, he's always in trade talks. He's always traded. Uh, well, he's been in the league what six years? He's been on what five different teams? Yeah, something like that. Arizona, yeah, fourth or fifth? Yeah, fourth or fifth. You know, Chicago, Montreal, now Dallas, Arizona. Uh, he's been so many different places that. You know, I realistically, I don't know if he's going to be around the league much longer. Yeah, that's my, exactly my point. See, he picks up this playoff. You know, if he yeah. becomes the Devontae Smith Pelly of the Dallas Stars this year, all of a sudden he talks himself into a nice six year, $6 million contract or something like that. 
Whereas he has a dry playoffs. He might be like, he might be taking a PTO next year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's really could be the difference. Honestly, yeah. I can see him signing with a team like St. Louis next year. Hey, you never know. You know, it's... somebody could always use somebody like him. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's if, he's, a... if he's willing to play like on a one-year prove-it deal, wasn't he doing that this year? Yeah, no. well, he might. He <laughs> might just need another prove-it deal. <laughs> he's had like three prove-it deals in yeah. a row. This is his, <laughs> this is his next chance deal. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving right along. Let's go into this Winnipeg-Vegas series, uh, a rematch of the 2017 Western Conference Finals. Uh, if you recall that year, Winnipeg was pretty much in the driver's seat. Remember, they were supposed to be strong contenders for the Cup. Uh, the Cinderella-Vegas Golden Knights knocked them out. And now the roles are a little bit reversed. So Vegas entered the team, or entered this game, game one, uh, number one seed in the Western Conference, whereas Winnipeg entered as the eighth seed, wildcard two. Uh However, they played the game uh, last night, and Winnipeg pretty much mopped the floor with them. Uh, five to one, Winnipeg wins this game. They're up in this series one game to nothing. Um, I did get a chance to watch this game, and I will say Winnipeg was impressive. They, they really were. Uh, Vegas kind of looked like a team that was lost out on that ice last night. Uh, they really did. Um, kind of interesting with Vegas that they started Laurent Brossois instead of Jonathan Quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was quite surprised by that, but hey, you know, whatever. Um, I have the Winnipeg Jets in six in this series, and I submitted this bracket on Monday night, so nobody can accuse me of saying, oh, Winnipeg won game one. Here we go. He's jumping on the bandwagon. No, no, I just think that uh, Winnipeg, once again, this comes down to better goaltending, better goaltending, and I think Winnipeg's offense can keep up with that Vegas Golden Knights offense. What do you guys think? I agree. I, I I really agree with you, Scott, on this one because quick, like you said before, quick's a shell of his former self. And Laurent Bossois, he's he's not phenomenal. He's good enough to be in the NHL, but he's not phenomenal, and he's definitely no Connor Hellebuck. Um, goaltending's a, a a big X factor here. Um, when you look at the firepower between both teams, you have Eichel and. Mark Stone, and you have who's miraculously back for game one, by the way. We all knew that was going to happen. <laughs> um, and who else? Um, Phil Castle, who uh, is quite, quite very much a shell of his former self, also. Yeah, Shea Theodore out in the blue line. Shea Theodore. Um, and you look at Winnipeg where they have uh, Mark Shifley and Morris, he's having a phenomenal year. Um, just Kyle you know, Connor, Pierre Kyle Connor, Pierre Luc Dubois. They have who who Pierre Luc Dubois is playing. For, this is his tryout for Montreal next year. Um, <laughs> Neil um, Pionk had a really nice game. He did. Yep. Yeah. So, and Nikolai Ehlers didn't even play. Yeah. So really, it comes down to goaltending and defense, and I think Winnipeg has him beat on both aspects. Um, Vegas. Vegas, I think the Vegas flu is real. I do. Uh, but that's regular season. You know, playoffs, these players are going to stay in their right. hotel. They're going to eat properly. They're going to avoid the the gambling floor. They're gonna... Well, you got to remember, too, Vegas has been in the league long enough where just about every player in this league has had a regular season visit to Vegas, get that all out of their systems. And like you just said, Ed, this is the playoff time. Like, okay, 
Yeah, we did that when we were here in January during regular season. Now I don't care. I want to win a cup. Yeah, exactly. So Vegas, I think a lot of Vegas's success uh, does come from the fact that they are in Vegas. Um, and I realistically, they're not. They're not great. They're not. They're just a good team in a weak division. They're, just a, they're, they're a good team in a weak division. You know, if they were in the East, they would be in a wild card spot. Having to play, sure. You know, having to play teams like Tampa, Boston, and Toronto, and the Rangers every other night. That's, a, so, that's actually a pretty good point, actually. So, Winnipeg, you know, Winnipeg is a lot closer to Vegas than Vegas is to Tampa or Toronto. So, okay. realistically, they, they, they can pull this one off. Winnipeg could very easily pull this one off. And I could see Winnipeg possibly going on a Cinderella run because no one expected it. They stripped their captain this year. They right. fired their coach. You know, uh, not they, um, Paul Maurice left halfway through last year. Everything was stacked against Winnipeg this year. You know, you have players, you know, Hinting it that they want to trade and Pierre Luc Dubois wanting to go to Montreal and it's it's basically an open secret at this point. Um, so, what are they playing for? And really, they're they're all playing for their you know their next contract, their next team, but they're going to get success out of it. Mm-hmm. So, I think you're going to see Winnipeg. Now they're they're going to run away with the series. I think this series is you know going to be five games at most wow interesting what say you mr mazzotti i picked in my official bracket um vegas and six and i watched a bunch of vegas games going down the stretch hoping that they would lose hoping that nashville would, would beat them twice or whatever make it in uh it did not happen and vegas looked good they looked good in those games I'm almost wondering if putting Mark Stone back in the lineup didn't screw things up royally last night because mm, Mark Stone didn't – he didn't look great. I mean, he definitely didn't look Mark Stone-like. And, and you know, I, I love Mark Stone. I think he's one of the best players in the league. I would love to have him on my team any day of the week. Uh, I hated him in Ottawa. Like, <laughs> he was a really pesky guy. I'm so happy when he went out west. <laughs> like, I don't have to see this guy anymore. Like, great. Because cause he, he's one of those guys that's just got tons of heart. Never gives up on a play. Never gives up. And I did not see that last night. He did, you know, it's one thing to bring a guy back off of LTIR if he's healthy. It's another thing to just bring him back because it's the playoffs. Uh, and I think the latter happened here. I think they just brought him back because it's the playoffs and not because he's necessarily – 100% ready to go. I think, unfortunately, that this might be the end of his career. That He might be done after this. Um, mm. With the back problems he's had, yeah. the surgeries he's got to go through, uh, I, I just don't know what's left for, in the tank for Mark Scope. Whether it's worth it, you know, in all honesty, your quality of life is worth it. Right. Uh, I mean, he's, he's got plenty of money. It's not a money issue. It shouldn't be a much money issue at this point. Uh, so I really, and I like him. I like, I think he could be, you know, a really great coach someday or something like that if he wanted to be. Um, but he did not look good. 
I, and I was happy to see him out there. You know, I was like, oh, great, he's back. He, he didn't do anything in this game. I mean, he, he if anything, he hurt Vegas. Um, they did not look fast. Uh, all of a sudden, Vegas wasn't fast. Uh, Jack Eichel playing his first playoff game. He looked a bit timid. Uh, I think that a lot of these things factored in. I think a lot of these things are going to factor out in the next game. I think Vegas is going to turn this around. Winnipeg looks good. They played hard. They played good defense. Hellebuck had a heck of a game. And these are things that would all lead to Winnipeg winning. I just, I just, the way Winnipeg finished the season was not great. You know, they, they were almost actively trying to not make the playoffs there for the last three weeks. And then the last week, <coughs> excuse me, the last week their coach calls them out on it. They win the last two games and make it in. And, and that's basically what happened. Like, it's like, okay, Winnipeg, great. Good on you for making it in. But in, and now you won game one, you know, but they have to keep it going. If, and they're going to have to double down because there's no right. way Vegas is going to play the mediocre game that they played last night because they really – Vegas didn't – I mean, I'm watching the game. I did not feel at any point that Vegas was, like, about to turn this game around and take them out down. Like, it right, just wasn't right. happening. <laughs> you could see it all game. Vegas was, like, on an auto skate. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, there was that, no... that, that was surprising, really. Yeah, it is because, like I said, I watched a bunch of Vegas games this year. I never see them play like that. Especially that's from a why, Bruce Cassidy team. Yeah, that's why I really think it had something to do with with Stone coming back, the lines getting rejuggled. Like you got, you know, I, I think coaches, you know, they they got to stop messing with the lines so much. Like I right. get it. If nothing's working, mess with your lines. Go ahead. Like Gallant does that. I get that. Like they're they're taking down your top line. Move one of those guys to another line. Try to get something going. That makes sense. But like. Hey, we're doing really great down the stretch. Now we're going to insert this all-star that hasn't played in like almost five months back into the lineup and uh, move all you guys around. And some of you just got here, you know, six weeks ago. You don't even know how right. this guy plays. Like, right. you know, it's, it's a tall order for one game one in the playoffs. But we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I had Vegas in six, but would not surprise me if it went the other way. Out of all the brackets that I did make, though, which I made 16 of them, I only picked Winnipeg in three. <laughs> so. Oh, man, you put way too much time and effort into this. <laughs> so let's talk about the last series, the Edmonton Oilers and the L.A. Kings. Um, a rematch from last season. Uh, that one went seven. Uh, my personal prediction is, and, I, and it, it hurt to have to do this, but I went with Edmonton and seven on this one. Um, for me, the biggest factor for LA is Kevin Fiala. He's he's out of the lineup, and they don't think he's going to be back in this series. Kevin Fiala was a huge part of that Kings offense, and the Kings are going to have to have the offense to keep up with the Oilers. Uh, Gabe Vlardy is supposed to be back tonight for game two, which is good news for them. However, they did win game one, and that was one heck of a game to watch because Edmonton pretty much dominated that game for two periods. And they were up with what, three to one with uh, 10 minutes left in the game. The Kings come back and tie it. And then they win it in overtime to uh, 
shock Euler Nation, if you will. Uh, <clears throat> I, I wish we would stop calling fan bases nation. I don't know why that just irritates me so much. But anyways. <laughs> uh, I they still... don't for the Rangers, by the way. It's Rangers town. Okay, well, you know what, though? <laughs> I will say that's better than nation. Okay? <laughs> I will say that. Don't that. for the Rangers. It's Losers Village. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh boy. Hey, oh, guess what? Awesome. Guess what, Ed? The Bruins and the Rangers are the same amount of cups in the last 40 years. So there you go. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen, I go by my lifetime, and the Rangers won their cup like a like a, a year into my lifetime. So I don't even count it. I didn't even get a chance to watch it. It's like I got it on VHS if you want. It's like, it's like Yankees fans. Oh, 27 rings, 27 rings. I'm like, you were alive for six of them. Not me. No, you were you were alive for all of them, Scott. You, you, you old man. But let's get back to this uh this Edmonton LA series. Uh the Kings actually shut Connor McDavid down. They kept him off the scoreboard. They couldn't do the same with Leon Dreisidel. Um what do you think, guys? Is this for real? Can L.A. do this? L.A. can do it? <laughs> Will they do it? I, I have no idea. I mean, I picked Edmonton in five. Um, <laughs> just because – not. And, and when I pick a team in five, that doesn't mean it's a blowout. You know right, what I mean? Right. The Rangers lost the cup in five to, uh, to L.A., Back in fourteen, every one of those games was close. Right, it could have easily just been four to one Rangers as it was four to one Kings. Three of the games went to overtime or more. Like, so I kind of saw that's how this going. Like, I see this. I saw as low scoring. uh, You put them together. Both goaltenders, I don't count on really. I don't think Corpus is that great. I don't think Skinner is that great. I will Um, say Corpus kept the Kings in that game. Game he one. absolutely did. But how long is he going to keep being able to do this? How long yeah. are they going to be able to shut McDavid down? Uh, did they really actually shut him down? I, mean, I don't even think there is shutting McDavid down. You kind of just like hope to contain him. Uh, <laughs> right. Which they did a pretty good job of, you know. But um, at the same time, I think dry has got to be better. Again, times where he should be shooting, he's looking for passes. Uh he missed passes, which I don't think I ever saw him do. Like, uncontested missing pass, like, like a sauce pass over a guy's stick, and you, you know, you don't get it through. I'm like, when does he miss that? Like, I, right. Yeah, he's like the assist man. So <laughs> it, it was a surprising game, to say the least. Again, Edmonton let LA hang around. You can't let teams hang around. The game isn't done. When you're up three to one with eight minutes and thirty seconds left, the game is done at zero 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 on the clock, right. and that's what happened to Edmonton. Edmonton took their foot off the gas and thought they could coast out the last ten minutes. And LA had an, LA had other ideas about that, and they showed them. And it's like you do not want to get into overtime with a team. Like oh, we've One seen it over and that. over yep. and over. Overtime in the playoffs kills teams it just kills them you you let a game get away and that's it like you go into overtime anybody could same thing in the dallas game like you let a team hang around and hang it around they only need one shot to win guys like you get a power play you got to bury it you can't let the team get off that power play and use that momentum from the penalty kill to take your ass down 
when they've only had one shot against your last 30. And and that's kind of how I feel that this series is going to go. I feel like Edmonton's defense, I I don't think they looked good in this game. Uh, We're not doing enough to shut L.A.'s chances down, going down that stretch, and L.A. made them pay. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much in fear for my prediction on this one. Because I, I highly see that LA could take them down. Like I, I really don't know if this is how Edmonton plays in game one at home with all their fans backing them and all this hype and your division rival and you let the this is a huge momentum swing. I mean huge. Because they had the league. They had this game at hand. It was done. And LA came back. They score that tying goal, and, and you could see it on everybody's faces the second they tied their game. Edmonton, may as, they may as well just give them the game to L.A. right then because I, I could tell, like, there's no way this is going to go well for the, for the Oilers. You, you can see it. How about you, Ed? I don't think there's any like, – you, you, you woke up a beast in McDavid. He, he's now upset that he didn't get a point, so uh... – He's going to go out there and get five next game. I'm just saying. It's bound to happen. Um, I have Edmonton in five. I personally don't see them, uh, see LA really hanging around now. They got their win. Uh, good on them. But, I, you know, it really comes down to the fact that it can LA's defense further contain McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I don't think I, I can't see it happening. You know, they're kind of a wash with goaltending and a wash with defense. I don't really think either team has stellar goaltending or stellar defense. But McDavid and Dreisaitl can really, really open this series up for for Edmonton. And I don't see, I don't really see McDavid going pointless again. You know, I've mentioned this before, and. You know, yeah, we can sit there and sing the praises about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and that's great. They're great players. But we're into year eight. And quite frankly, I'm not convinced they're winners. I'm just not. You can have all the stellar regular seasons you want, but if you can't do it in the playoffs, at some point, you got to start wondering, right? Okay, great. Connor McDavid's going to go out and score five points next game. Okay, whatever. That's fine. But where is this team? Is, does this team have what it takes to get to the top? I don't think no. they do. No, I really don't. They and it's not. And listen, that's not all on McDavid and Drysital. That's also on their management. Yeah, exactly. The general management. Yeah. Can I look at this team Absolutely. year after year after year and say we can't keep the darn puck out of the net? What is going on here? Right. Stuart Skinner was a nice story. Yeah, great. But if you're serious about winning a Stanley Cup. You're going to ride Stuart Skinner to the, the promised land? You know, they mentioned wow. in that Vegas game last night that Brassat was on waivers this year. Yeah. Anybody in the league could have picked him up out of Vegas, and nobody did. <laughs> like, so, you know, you're right about that. You know, getting to what you were saying about McDavid and Dreisaitl, Marcel Dion, one of the best NHL players of all time. How many cups he got? That's kind of an unfair comparison, though, because Marcel Dion never had a Leon Dreisaitl. 
That's true. That's that's actually my point. Is that he was yeah. also on mismanaged teams. They oh, thought, yeah. oh, you only need one superstar. Well, Edmonton's got two. And what else are you doing? Like, right. it's, exactly. it's, that's what I, it's that's what my it's, point is. Yeah, yeah, I'm encouraging your point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, it, you know, it's, and it's like, okay, like, Vander Kane comes in, like, he's got to do something. Like, these guys got to step up. Like, you can't just be, and, and, and I get it's hard because all year long, they didn't have to. Because right. every day, every game, it's the McDavid Dry Title Show, right? And, and, and you know, occasionally um, that new defenseman they got pots a goal. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Eckholm. Uh, Matthias Eckholm. No, the other the one since Eckholm came in, uh, I had him on my fantasy team. I can't think of his name. Anyway, uh, this is the young kid. He, he plays with Eckholm. Um, Evan Bouchard. Bouchard. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's been potting goals for them lately, but it, that's it. Like. Darnell Nurse, like for all this hype about Darnell Nurse, I hardly ever see a highlight reel out of the guy. Right. A highlight reel hit, a highlight reel shot. Not nothing. for somebody making nine million a year. Yeah, like <laughs> what, what's the big deal with this guy? I don't know. Like, it's not a guy that I'm going like, oh, I wish he was on my team. I don't, frankly. Like, especially at that price tag. Like, I'll keep Jacob Truba. I think he's the same guy. Like, right. actually, Truba, I think, is better. So it's like, uh, I, I really, it's, it's shocking to me that Edmonton did this in game one. And my, my pick is blown now because there's no way this is five. There's no way. Edmonton's not winning the next four games. It's not going to happen. Nope. This series is going seven. No way about it. Um, the only way it does ends in five is if LA wins, you know, three of the next four, which could happen. Could easily happen after watching game one. Really. Here's, here's I thing, think right? LA's in the driver's seat. They got no pressure on them at all. All the pressure's on Edmonton. All you know, and, and who has the momentum? LA. Like it's it's a tall order right now for Edmonton. Well, and you clearly saw Edmonton get frustrated in the last half of that game. Clearly. They were playing completely undisciplined. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was it was a tripping penalty that led to the overtime goal. So Edmonton's got to keep their heads. They, they really do. I mean, and you're right. I get it. There's all kinds of pressure, especially on McDavid and Dreisaitl, for reasons I just stated. You know, after a while, you got to start saying, guys, you've been together long enough here. you, you got to have something to show for it. And so, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I still think, you know, with a seven-game series, it's hard to bet against a Connor McDavid and a Leon Dreisaitl. It, it really is. But the series is going to be much better than anybody thinks it is. So we shall soon see. Uh, guys, real quick, if can, and don't spoil it, just one answer. Who you got coming out of the West? I'd pick Dan Minton. <laughs> uh, how about you, Ed? Uh, Dallas. Okay, I had Colorado. So interesting, interesting. More for us to talk about next week. And granted, at this point, it could be any it, of them. It could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that West has been wide open all season, so why wouldn't it be in the playoffs too, right? Yeah. Luckily, exactly. I have a bracket that fulfills every outcome. Yeah, see, there you go. That's why you, you – ultimate hedging of the bets. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, guys, let's close this out like we always do with the Zamboni time machine. And this one's a little bit close to home for us. Because for anybody who doesn't know, we either live in Utica or we live in the Utica area. So this is a Utica-related Zamboni time machine. Uh, the Zamboni time machine is brought to you by Zamboni.com. And the Zamboni name is used with permission. This week, the Zamboni time machine takes us back to June 3rd and 4th of 1976. The dates Hollywood came to the Utica Memorial Auditorium for the filming of the legendary movie Slapshot. Hockey fans and non-hockey fans alike know this movie, but for most hockey fans, this movie is the holy grail. Many of the scenes <coughs> in this movie are forever etched in hockey lore, including one filmed at the Odd. In this scene, the Odd represents the home rink of the Peterborough Patriots, the Charlestown Chiefs opponent. A brawl breaks out before the game even starts, and during the National Anthem, the referee attempts to admonish the Hanson brothers, prompting the famous, I'm listening to the effing song response. Some may not know it, but the Hanson brothers were actual hockey players. Brothers Steve, Jeff, and Jack Carlson played for the Johnstown Jets in the North American Hockey League, although Jack, I'm sorry, Jack Carlson would be replaced by Jack Hanson in the movie after he was called up to the World Hockey Association. The Jets were a big rival of Utica's own Mohawk Valley Comets, there is another scene in the movie where the Hanson brothers go into the stands to fight the crowd. This actually happened at the odd a couple of years prior to the movie in a game between the Jets and the Comets, and Steve Carlson was right in the middle of it. He and his brothers were hauled across the street to the police station, still wearing their uniforms. <laughs> Crime did pay in this instance, however, as the Hanson brothers would go on to worldwide notoriety thanks to the slap shot, and Steve Carlson even played one season in the NHL for the Los Angeles Kings. And that, my friends, concludes this week's trip on the Zamboni Time Machine. Right here at home. I tell people that story online all the time. That, <laughs> that our arena had slap shot filmed and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's one of the best scenes of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, it really is. The broken glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm listening to the effing song and the ref yeah. doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. That's bloody before the game started. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the anthem is very important to him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, guys, this has been a blast, as always. And uh, you know what? Let's do this again next week. Sounds good. Make sure you yeah. call me before it starts. So I don't yeah, that was my fault. He didn't want to wake you up. Yeah, I did. I felt bad I for you. I wanted to let I you need, sleep. You know? I need my beauty sleep. I know. You know, so obviously he's not getting enough. No, oh. obviously. <laughs> Is that payback for that Rangers crack? That- oh, <laughs> you know what? Well deserved. I love a good shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All righty. I think well, one thing we can agree on is that this playoff hockey so far, for the most part, has been really great. Yeah, it has. It, it yeah. has been one of the best first. I mean, I know you only saw one game of each series so far, but a lot of them were really great. Oh, absolutely. Only one not worth watching so far was Islanders Canes. Yep. <laughs> Which they're not worth watching to begin with. Yeah, just bring the coffee, like I said. That's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For Chris Mazzotti, for Ed Stefaniak, I'm Scott Kimball. Thanks for watching and listening, and we will see you next week on Marty's Illegal Stick. Bye.